Welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Hey gang, I gotta warn you, this episode today is not for the squeamish. Uh-oh, there's that pesky annoying fly again. Go away, shoo, get out of here. Hey, <laughs> fly, go get your own podcast. <laughs> now, where were we? Oh yes, warning you about the subject matter for today's podcast. You see, today we're going to talk about our little six-footed friends. Or maybe eight-footed. Or, hey, why stop there? How about the hundred-footers? Those guys we know as centipedes. <laughs> yes, friends, the topic of the day is bugs. And uh, watch out, Doc. Oh, not that, bugs. We're going to take care of you, see? What size concrete galoshes do you wear? And no, not Bugsy Malone either. So let me ask you this. When you were a kid, did you ever go out and catch lightning bugs? Yeah, you know, those little flying insects that came out right after dark and lit up the whole backyard with their soft yellow glow? I know, some people call them fireflies. But growing up in New Jersey, we called them lightning bugs. We used to go out with a mayonnaise jar, or maybe a mason jar, anything that had a lid that screws, and run around the yard chasing these little glowing guys. Once we caught them, we'd stick them in our jar, along with some leaves that they could munch on, and take them home to show our parents. Very often, we'd leave the jar by our bedside on the nightstand, where they would serve as a totally natural nightlight until the next morning. No electricity needed. But you know, as I got to reminiscing about this little tradition of childhood, it got me thinking. As an adult, when I started raising a family of my own, one of the duties that I somehow took on was that of being the protector of the house. You see, whatever mysterious menace or threat might pop up, no matter how yucky or how small, I was the one that everybody usually called on to deal with a problem. Got a mouse in the house? Okay, we'll go out and buy one of those humane, no-kill traps at the hardware store. You got a spider in the bedroom? Well, Daddy's here to remove that dastardly spider. Or any other bug, for that matter. My usual method was to sneak up on the bug with a small juice glass, or sometimes a shot glass, and quickly put it down right over the bug. Sort of like the cone of silence in that old sitcom, Get Smart. Should we activate the cone of silence? Sorry about that, Chief. And then, once I had the bug trapped, I'd slip a small piece of stiff paper or cardboard under the glass and carry it out of the house, where I'd just remove the cardboard and let the bug fly free into the wild. And, of course, by doing so, it was another glorious victory for the easy-peasy, no-kill method of bug removal. I got to be so good at this, in fact, that I soon acquired the nickname of Bugman. Bugman! Among close friends and family members. Got creepy crawlies? Who you gonna call? Bugman! Whenever there's a nasty insect that needed handling, it was Bugman Bug to, to the rescue! rescue. Bugman! <laughs> I guess all that experience catching lightning bugs finally paid off. Yeah. By the way, speaking of bugs, have you ever read that groundbreaking horror story by Franz Kafka? It was called uh, Metamorphosis. You know, this guy goes to sleep one night, and the next morning he wakes up and discovers that he's been transformed into a giant insect. 
Of course, I just gave you the Reader's Digest version of the plot. There's obviously much more to the story than that. You see, it wasn't bad enough that he's turned into a big bug, but there are also other problems, practically speaking, that provide the gist for the remainder of the novel. Number one, his family becomes disgusted with him. And number two, now that he's a big bug, there's no way that he's going to be able to report to work and bring home the bacon. Who's going to hire a walking, talking, six-foot-tall insect? So eventually, he realizes that he's now become a big burden to his family. And he just, uh, curls up and goes to bug heaven. The moral of the story was that even when you turn into a big bug, you still have certain obligations that you are expected to fulfill. Sorry, Charlie, you still gotta make a living. Well, anyway, that being said, as I may have mentioned once before, I used to make my living writing advertising. One time I worked for a small ad agency in Akron, Ohio. You know, the rubber, rubber capital, capital of the world. As it turned out, our agency was so small that we were always in survival mode, frantically searching for new clients every day of the week. Just about any company that walked through the door was a prime candidate for our services. And that meant we often had the weirdest collection of clients you could ever imagine. Everything from small machine shops to taco restaurants to sewing needle manufacturers. And one day, a brand new client showed up on our doorstep. A pest control company. Wouldn't you know it, all that experience catching bugs was finally going to be useful in my chosen profession of advertising. Well, one of the projects they had us working on was a big brochure to help them market their services to new clients. And I can recall slaving away at my typewriter, trying to come up with some clever new ideas that would set them apart from all the competition. And believe it or not, there were a lot of competitors out there, all offering the same products and services. I don't know if that was a reflection on Akron, Ohio or not, but certainly back in those days, the local yellow pages were just filled with ads for other exterminators and pest control companies. Wow. So anyway, there I was, slaving away, trying to be creative. And my boss, uh, I'll call him Crazy Don, was a big believer in outrageous advertising. He sort of fancied himself as the John Belushi of Madison Avenue. The wilder and the weirder, the better in his mind. So he was urging me to come up with something so totally off the wall that it would really get a lot of attention in the marketplace. Ultimately, after cranking out page after page after page of wild and crazy ideas, I came up with a headline that simply read, It's time to get out of Bug City. I showed that one to Crazy Don, and he was over the moon with excitement. So then we immediately met with the art director, and he came up with a front-page graphic that featured a big metropolitan city skyline, flanked by a tangled road network radiating from the center of the city, on which there were dozens of crawling insects all leaving town. Apparently, this over-the-top concept of Bug City really appealed to both Crazy Don and the art director. They were totally in love with it and wanted me to flesh it out further so that they could lay out the rest of the brochure. It was just so absurd and grotesque. It was almost like a scene out of that Kafka novel that I mentioned earlier. Now, many of you listeners are probably thinking, 
Ooh, that is so gross. And you don't want to hear any more about it. <laughs> and I don't blame you. I may be an expert bug catcher and a connoisseur of lightning bugs, but I'm really not a big fan of crawly things either. But to make a long story short, the client loved it. And it even went on to win some minor award in a local advertising competition. <laughs> Go figure. I guess there is quite a big contingent of bug lovers out there. Good for them. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you hear the joke about the guy who started a workout gym for ants? It wasn't going very well. <laughs> Apparently, ants don't need that much exercise. And so he was losing a whole lot of money on the deal. He reached the point where he wanted to shut it down before he went bankrupt. But his partner managed to convince him to stick with it. He said, just give it a little more time. We're still working out the bugs. <laughs> and on that note, you've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.